Yo, if you lost your marbles, have you checked those motherfucking pockets, yo? Have you checked your heart? Texting everyone in your phone about how shitty you feel after pounding margaritas with your BFF blackout Becky will only escalate the pity party for you and the unfortunate recipients of your complaint. Instead of channeling negative vibes to the peeps that you love, slow down and focus on the support that you already have, like that fresh glass of hydrating water, the magic detox filter that runs in your liver, or a nice hot bath that is waiting for you in your near future. When you take a ride on the pound town complain train, you never end up where you want to go. But you just might find your marbles if you look inside your heart. The path is yours to choose. I'm Heath Armstrong, and this is Never Stop Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. While you let conformity slam you up the butt. You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon. Your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack What you're thinking, fuck no, you'll never stop peeking Yo, 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 party people Whoa, it's been a while I feel like I say that a lot when I come on these episodes I'm going to solo wing this, baby. This is going to be me riffing because I didn't really have anything to to connect to. Like I've been out and absorbing everything that's going on in the world and just trying to find my own way. Where do I fit in? How do I help? How do I become the light and hold that sacred space? How do I make sure that I'm taking care of myself and being of love to myself while my empathetic, my empathetic body is feeling so much from the outside? Um, there's a lot of directions, you know, I just got back from spending a week in Tahoe with my buddy Chase, with my buddy, my buddy Chase, Chase Reeves, anybody who knows him, um, dude's amazing and him and his family are great. I was down there for a little bit. I was at an incredible, incredible transformative medicine ceremony with, uh, the Mayan Oracle Tata Eric and his wife Nanheti in Mount Shasta, which is one of the great energy vortexes on the whole planet. Uh, it was Mayan fire ceremonies and learning really how to be and how to pray and how to how to become how to bind myself with these elements, right? Like the fire, the earth, the wind, the water, and the universe, right? The heart, all of these sacred bundles that are all around us that we've kind of forgotten to, (laughs) I'm looking at my missed text messages on my computer right now. And it's a six, six, six. What? All of these sacred bundles that we have, have forgotten that are, that were gifted to us by mother earth, you know, by the prime creator. It's, it's, it's stuff that I, I went deep on and I'm integrating and 
it's been it's been quite interesting. I I learned and became very very much a part of combo medicine, um, and we went through so many different types of just extreme medicine healing ceremonies. And I met twenty five new just unbelievably beautiful deep people that I can connect with and. It was one of the most transformative things I've ever felt and experienced in my entire life. What does the integration mean? You know, when you look at yourself and you look at your life, what are you integrating? We're all integrating something. We're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to take the experiences that we've had and merge them into some sort of idea that we can move forward with. But what does that mean? You know, to me, I started thinking about it with my, I mean, I love her to death. My friend Olivia, she's been on an episode before. It's all love, right? The answer is the ceremony. It's falling in love. Everything is falling in love. Like you don't have to be right. You just have to love. It's offering yourself to nature every day. It's sharing prayers and chants and devotions and affirmations and doing your mantras of what kind of visions you want to bring to life. What are you visualizing? Like Tata Eric was saying, crystallize what you want your world to be. It's all love. There's a reason that the message comes through over and over. There's a reason that chaos is breaking everything down right now. There's a bigger picture. It's to build things back the right way. It's so that we start respecting the sacred bundles that we have. So that we use fire for food and for warmth and not for nuclear weapons. So that we use water for flow consciousness and the elixir of life the fluid of our life and not for flooding things out or damming things up and trying to take advantage of how we can make money off of it. You know, it's, it's about collaboration, cooperation, generosity, honor, respect, community, reverence, devotion, listening, beauty, trust, birth, death, death. It's about death. With how much energy is moving through the world, you know, you may be experiencing more stress, more anxiety, more creative blocks, more overwhelm. I am sometimes, right? I lose it and I forget that I'm connected to something. But it's important to feel those emotions and allow them to pass through. Feel them. Put your hands on your heart and feel that thing beat. When you have inflammation around your body, when your neck starts to hurt, when your back gets a little achy, when your shoulders flare up because somebody pissed you off, feel into that. What does it mean? You know, some of the ways that I use, and, and I know that you could use them too, to keep yourself happier, less anxious, more grounded, and more connected to your passion and your purpose and your ability to embody your light force in any way that you can, there's very simple things. Tell the truth, right? How many predicaments do we get ourselves in because we're telling white lies or we're not telling the truth? We're not telling the truth to ourselves most of the time. Why are we doing this one thing? We could be doing this other thing. I don't know. What's my truth? What is your universal truth? What are your core values that you want to become and work towards in your life? 
everything that you should, that you do should be in alignment of a truth moving towards your core values. All of your long-term goals, which are things that are on your vision board, should be in alignment with your core values. Your mantra that you say every day in the form of affirmations should be in alignment with your core values and your long-term goals. Your short-term goals or your burst goals that are about you know, 100 days or less, 30 days, 20 days, whatever, whatever gap fancies your little beautiful private parts and flopping titties or whatever you've got, mine are getting there because I have not been moving around much. Whatever is an alignment, it needs to be with your core values. If you're doing things that are out of alignment with the person that you want to become, then you're going to be going in the wrong direction, right? Take two actions per day in alignment with your short-term visions, which are in alignment with your long-term visions, which are in alignment with your mantra that solidifies your core values of who you want to become in life. You can't go wrong if you're walking that direction and you're taking action. So tell the truth and keep it in that line and then love yourself. Yeah, love yourself. Go look at yourself in the mirror. Look how fucking sexy you are. You've got these, every single cell of your body is like a sun just blasting out infinite light and vibrations to its own little universe inside your body. You are a universe in yourself. Right, we talked about with the last sweet ass affirmation deck. Like, you're flying on a rocket 67,000 miles an hour around a giant fucking ball of fire that is 300,000 times the mass of the earth. There are more grains of sand. I mean, I'm sorry, let me rephrase this. There are more estimated stars visible from the powerful telescopes that, you know, these magical smart people use on earth than there are grains of sand on the earth. Think about that. Think about that. And then think about your cells and your body and what they're working towards in your mass. You're a fucking universe. You're magical, right? We're looking at you. Like you're shining the light just like the sun shines the light. Tell the truth. Love yourself. Love everyone else and tell most of them. You don't have to tell them all, but tell most of them. Like you get a chance to say, hey, I love you, mom. I love you, bro. You know, walking down the street, like it might get a little bit weird if you tell someone that you love them in this environment, but maybe they need it. You know, if they come at you and try to grope you or something, get the fuck out of there. But uh, don't blame that on me, you know. <laughs> Remove expectations, right? A lot of the, the trauma and the depression that we get and when we're feeling, if you're an empath like me, you, you feel so much, it it's because we expect a certain level. We expect to feel good all the time. We expect to be making all this progress. We expect to be crushing our fucking goals 24-7, but we're not because every single heartbeat and every wave of energy has an up and a down. It's a roller coaster. That's how it keeps balanced. You can't just be on the fucking high all the time. That's not how things work. But you can balance and you can love. And if you learn to love that shadow and you learn to remove your expectations and feel good in the down, that's how you can create happiness all the time. When I start getting pain, it might feel like shit, but I, I focus. Right? I focus on what matters. I focus on what I love. I feel that pain. I let it flow through. And you know what? I'm happier. I have gratitude, deep, deep gratitude for who I am and who I'm becoming and all of the people that I get to meet and all of the projects that I get to work on. 
Remember, I was working at $13 an hour in a fucking concrete plant in Kentucky not that many years ago, making receptacles that carried human shit underground. I didn't know I was going to be here. I didn't know I was going to build out multiple companies. I didn't know I was going to make a bunch of money and lose a bunch of money. Visit, respect, and service your natural planet, right? Because Earth provides. What can you do to go and just sit and listen? Go out and sit under a tree. Fucking hug a tree. Feel the energy that is flowing through those things. They are unbelievably magical, and they have so much wisdom. And when you start getting thoughts while you're hugging that tree, that's that tree giving you downloads. Listen to it. Respect it. And service it. If you go on a hike, which I highly suggest, you know, get yourself some earth runners. They have a copper coil on the bottom that will ground your feet and actually protect you from free radical destruction. They're just sandals. They're super comfortable too. I'm not an affiliate or anything, but I just got some, and they're fucking balling. Go check some of those out. But get outside, and if you're going on a hike, take a trash bag with you and just clean up some trash. I mean, it, it baffles me how much shit people just throw on the ground. It's just one of many, 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 many improvements we can make as humans. This great earth is providing us with all of these sacred elements, the water, the fire, the wind, everything that we eat, our homes. How can you pay it back? And then surrender and let go. Because life is just a series of letting goes until the greatest letting go of all. And the faster you learn that, the more grateful you'll become for the little things every single moment. You know, this too shall pass. Memento mori. Hokkei. Today is a good day to die. Share your light too. Surrender, let go, and share your light. That's like the honeybees, right? They fly around. They pollinate all these other flowers. They don't have to to survive, but they do. It's a part of their survival, but it's not their, the single bee's role from going from flower to flower to flower to flower isn't going to only benefit that single bee. But as humans, we've gotten to the point where it's like, how does this benefit me by myself? Share your light because it's like the spiritual pollination for the world. It's the spiritual pollination for the creative world. And last but not least, throw away your motherfucking television and your undies because you don't need either one of those poison boxes. Woo! might feel you might feel mass shock you might feel fear 
know, you might be connected to this, this big thing. We all are. We all have to feel it. We have to have gratitude for our position where we're at. We have to have thanks for all the people that are doing so much in activism, in helping, in the hospitals. You know, while this virus should be respected as, as anything should, nature, enemies, like everything should be respected in its own way. While it should be respected, the fear and the panic of the collective and the aftershock are are really farther driving humanity into chaos. You know, we have dumbfounded dipshits fighting over supplies rather than binding together to help everyone who is in need. Starvation rates are skyrocketing. Suicide rates are skyrocketing. Drug and alcohol addiction are skyrocketing. I just had a call with the founder of the school that I work with in Uganda, and thankfully... They've been able to supply food and get the supply chains to these kids in Africa. But I was thinking about how everyone is living meal to meal every day based on their work. They work so that they can put a meal on the table. With the supply chain shut down out there, think about how many people are starving. What can we do to be better? And what are we so scared of? Is it having to quarantine and sit and be with ourselves to actually pay attention to the feelings and emotions inside of our heads without being able to suppress them through external busyness? Is it having to truly communicate with our families and our partners and explore all the blockages that have been keeping us so spaced apart in the busy world? Is it the thought of a worst-case scenario apocalypse where this virus kills so many people and shuts down so many industries that we are all forced to turn into savages and eat each other's butts to survive? (laughs) Come on. Come on. Or is this pandemic striking fear? Are the masks everywhere striking fear? Because we're actually afraid of death. The ultimate ending. And if we are afraid of death, is it the death of ourselves or is it the death of the planet? You know, which way are we viewing this? Are we scared of losing ourselves or are we scared of losing those who we love? Are we scared for the collective as a whole or are we selfishly scared? Is there any really difference between me, myself, or the collective or the planet? Because I could argue that there's not. It's all one, right? Given that we are a function of the universe and the planet, any portion of how this planet responds, whether in healing or destruction, is also by universal law happening to us. Haven't you noticed that as we ignore the cries of this beautiful natural planet that is suffering because of our actions and our pollution and our carelessness and our hate, that we are ignoring the cries of the beauty within ourselves? What is this teaching us? As the fast-paced rat race world has paused, have you noticed what is happening outside of your windows? Flowers are blooming. The skies are smiling. They're breathing. Bodies of water that haven't been clear in decades due to poison and pollution are clearing themselves. The air feels more fresh. The energy feels more calm. It's almost as if the earth is taking her first fresh breath after a coma. And maybe, just maybe she is. 
As we reflect on this catastrophic situation, we have got to accept that the way that we've been trying to control things isn't right. We have been operating under the illusion of fear of death. And we have been designing our entire world to distract us from the idea that one day we will die. In silence, it's inevitable to think about and contemplate your own death. In nature, it's inevitable to think about and contemplate your own death. So we've designed a world where we stay in our sheltered boxes, away from the challenges of raw nature, and we constantly connect to endless devices and outlets to stimulate our minds with content that will keep us from connecting with ourselves and with those who we love. Headphones have become a part of our body, as some people are wearing them more than they're not. The average American is watching four plus hours of television per day and spending three or more hours on the phone, all to escape the idea of self-reflection, whether they realize it or not. We're all doing this on a fraction. Where do you fit into the spectrum? People are bleaching their assholes and getting Botox to try to stop death from influencing their appearance from the bottom to the motherfucking top. We are spending all of our time figuring out ways to ignore, distract, and cheat death as if it, as if we are fucking gods in control of it. The thought of getting closer to death is literally robbing us of our lives. Whew. And I was listening to Russell Brand's podcast a couple months ago. There was a quote from a monk that I really felt hit hard. The monk said, In the Western world, they say, panic, panic, everything is out of control. But in the Buddhist world, we say, relax, relax, everything is out of control. You know, death is not in your control. Do you understand? This isn't a terrible thing. It's fucking beautiful. If you try to control it, you waste your gift of life. If you allow nature to have control, you free yourself and you take your hero's journey. We have been taught and primed by the system to believe that death is morbid, that death is horrifying. It's a thing that is here to rob us of everything that we have ever known and loved. We continuously take advice that we should prepare and hoard and collect and pack our minds with everything we possibly can before death takes it away from us. Guess what? That thought pattern is bullshit. It couldn't be farther from the truth. Do you want to know the truth? The truth is that death is your best friend. It always has been. From the time that you arrived through the portal into this world, death has been your angel, your north star, your guru. Death is the only constant reminder of how beautiful and fragile and magical life really is. If you contemplate death in each moment, the death encourages you to live with pure intent and purpose. It reminds you of why you are alive and having this experience in the first place. How long will you wait until you allow death to become your guide? How long will you wait before you allow death to become your elder, your wisdom, your teacher? Are you taking all of this for granted? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I am. But then I remember that death reminds us to love, to appreciate, and to respect ourselves and our journeys no matter what is going on externally. 
The single most important thing that you can do in life is to experience and love yourself for exactly who you are and then use your fulfillment and love to help others find themselves as well. We are here to collectively love and heal. But your part of the collective starts with simply loving and healing yourself. In one breath, everything that you know in this life can transform through death. Don't you want to live at your highest calling while you are alive? Why do so many of us wait until a loved one passes or a near-death experience occurs before we start living our moments in loving awareness? Right now, right now, we tend to run away and find a comfortable distraction to avoid having to think about death. But what would happen if we allowed death to teach us in every moment? For example, how would the way that you interact in a moment with your mother change if you knew it would be the last time that you ever saw her? How much more open would your heart be? How much more love and compassion would you be sharing? How would the topics of your conversation change? How would the interaction with your partner change if you knew that when they left you, you'd never see them again? Would you still argue from a place of jealousy or resentment or insecurity or judgment or expectation? Would you take for granted the cosmic alliance and sacred connection that takes place while you're making love? How would your interaction impact your purpose and your passions moving forward? If you knew you were going to pass yourself, how would it affect your needs and wants? How would it affect the way that you spend your time? How would your priorities change? Would you worry about money? Or would you be grateful for it? Would you worry about losing your house or your job or your relationships? Or would you be grateful for them just as they are? Unfortunately, death doesn't just come and whisper in your ear before it completes the process of returning you home. While the process of dying starts as soon as you enter through the womb, it is often uncertain when the process will complete itself. In everything that you do, someone else has probably passed away doing the exact same thing. So the only way to learn from the process of your own death is to contemplate it often. You'll likely never be in a situation where a doctor says you only have one week to live. Ultimately, you're going to be pretty uncertain when your passing is going to arrive. So what is death trying to teach you? Is it to squeeze your butt cheeks and hoard tubs of ice cream and toilet paper while you attempt to hide through escape in your television? Or is it to open up your eyes and your hearts ooh, and approach each moment like it's your last? Anytime that you are stressed or struggling or pissed off because some greaseball flipped you the bird in traffic, think of death. What is there to get so fucking chaotic about? How does panic or conflict help anything moving forward? Strive to design your life fully in the contemplation of death. If you are living true to your passions and your purpose and love, then nothing would change in the way that you live if you found out that you were going to die soon. Think about that. When you are living true to your passion, your purpose, and your love, if you found out you were going to die, nothing in your life would change. 
The way that you interact wouldn't change. The people you're with wouldn't change because you're already living to your highest potential. This is how truly wise beings operate. If they found out tomorrow that they were going to die, it would change absolutely nothing about the way they are currently living. This is what you and I and the rest of the world must strive to become. Don't make the mistake of believing that death is here to take everything away from you. But instead, notice that death is constantly showering you with gifts. Can you imagine if everyone in the world understood and acted within respect to this idea? Death is what makes life precious, yo. If life was without death, nothing would have meaning. The scarcity of life is what gives it meaning. Do you understand? Death is constantly showering you with meaning and purpose. Are you receiving the gifts or are you throwing them away? Are you wasting your moments or are you appreciating them? What if you allow death to free you from all of your pain and suffering as opposed to blaming it for creating your pain and suffering? If we can contemplate and respect death in every moment, especially in times where we feel pain and anger and insecurity and stress and negativity, then we can transition our hardships into peace and ease by simply remembering the message that death has for us every day. Every second is a miracle. It's miraculous. Every second. Every tear in your infinite eye is a bonus. Every wiggle of that booty you have is astonishing. Every inhale of your angelic breath is pure magic. Every interaction and every experience that you have is divine. Whatever you are doing, do it so you feel it. Do it with intention and purpose. Do it with love for yourself. Do it with love for the world. Do it for the light. Death is not morbid. It is serene. Death is not cold and dark. It is vibrant and bright. If you live in contemplation of death, everything will fall into place. You must be patient and trust the process. When you love your death, you also learn that being yourself is entirely easy. There is no fear left to control your thoughts and interactions by triggering insecurities within yourself or within the people around you. Loving your death teaches you to love yourself. No longer are you going to stress and fall victim to the illusion that you must slave your time doing things you don't really care about so you can make money to buy things you don't even need to impress people that you don't even like. Does that sound familiar? I've been there. When you truly love your death and you truly love yourself, you are going to realize that there is always enough. There is never too little. The universe provides. There is joy and abundance. Um, even in the most humble situations, I should say. Maybe I should say actually, especially in the most humble situations. There is joy and abundance. Take a moment to make a list of everything that you normally do throughout your days or weeks. Seriously, put this exercise down. Do this today. Make a list of everything that you normally do throughout your day or your weeks. If you found out that you were going to leave this earth a week from now, how would that list change? I want you to really contemplate that. Because what if you lived every day as if it were your last? Would you still spend hours stuck on your couch with a bucket of fried chicken and your hands down your pants, making excuses as to why to avoid the natural world in which you are a part of? 
It's too hot and sticky outside. Wow. Hey, bro, it's just too cold and rainy to go outside, man. Sorry. My food needs more salt. Oh, my God. Why can't everyone just get it right? I can't go outside without putting on, like, two hours of makeup because everyone's going to think that I'm ugly. <laughs> oh, my God. Why do bad things always happen to me? I just can't catch a break, man. I just can't... I just can't catch a break, man. Fuck no, man. None of that shit... Matters, right? All of it would go away in a heartbeat if you found out that you were dying next week. I imagine instead that you'd be out in your undies, in the middle of a rainstorm, barefoot, climbing up an apple tree and shedding tears to the beauty of this world. Screaming cow-a-fucking-bunga as you swing down from the branch into a puddle of glorious mud. The elixir of earth. You wouldn't be resentful or expecting. You'd be appreciative and full of love. What if we all did this all the time? What would this do to the collective? How would this impact the world? If we all live with love and purpose and intent, are we fully able to engage in something much more glorious? What if we were fully aware in arranging our actions so that they matter? What would that be like? How would Mother Nature respond? How does true peace really feel on a collective scale? How does true, collective, and pure love among humans and starseeds and aliens and pups and all the glorious creatures, how does true collective love shift the energy of this miraculous providing home that we call Earth? And how does Gaia respond to our love and our affection rather than our chaos and our conflict and our fears? The Earth is a conscious being. She feels what we feel. We must all start loving and caring and living with pure intent. We must stop wasting and hoarding and judging and fueling hate and separatism. This can only happen if we start internally by noticing, understanding, and respecting death for the beautiful symbol that it represents within us. We must be willing to fully be present without being afraid of what will happen later. Ah. <sighs> It's important to understand that this type of love and freedom, it only happens in the moment. It doesn't mean to go out and rush to do all the things on your bucket list as soon as possible. Because by eagerly anticipating what you will accomplish or achieve in the future, you are robbing yourself of what you can accomplish and achieve in each moment. If you stay true to your moments, the future is going to take care of itself. As you learn not to be afraid of your death, you also realize that you do not need to fear anything else either. As you surrender and live your life to the fullest, death will never have power over you. It will never seem like a destructive or negative event. Your fears will dissipate. Your doubts will dismantle. You will feel the beauty of the entire process. Eternity starts with the little things. Eternity is in the understanding that little is more than enough. How beautiful can humanity's bond with earth be if we all live in each moment with love and peace and purpose and service? Thanks for coming to my church. <laughs> it gives me fucking goosebumps, yo. It does. 
As we receive and contemplate death, we honor our sacred gift of life. So just as I shared on one of my recent Instagram videos called Duck Duck Moose, you should go check it out. And I think I might have shared it at the beginning of the last podcast with Leisha. Just some of the ideas of doing things differently. You know, because if I can give you advice, it's, it's not to take advice at all. It's walking backwards. It's standing on your head. It's taking your shoes off and running through the forest, feeling what that mud feels like between your toes. Playing where the fishies soar high above the trees and the pigeons are diving deep below the seas. Get around, experience foreign cultures and new people and open new doors and new exotics. Like Try on love of all shapes and sizes and colors. Don't just read between the lines. Erase the fucking lines. Rip the cover off the book. Destroy the box entirely. Say I love you more. Surrender to love too. Break the rules, but first break the rulers. Unlearn all that you know. Forgive everyone for everything, including yourself. Slow down and enjoy something beautiful. Slow down and enjoy that beautiful something that's staring you in the mirror. Give it a kiss. Masturbate to yourself in the mirror. Give yourself some love. Try eating your salad with a spoon. Go outside and play duck duck moose. Stop trying so fucking hard to figure things out because it's all laughs and love. It's all truth and connectivity. This journey is a miraculous series of letting goes until the greatest letting go of all. It's a chain reaction of experiences through surrendering until the largest surrendering of all. Breathe, dude. All doors lead back home, internally and externally. That's all you need to remember. Because in the end, what if the hokey pokey really is what it's all about? Know what I mean? You know what I mean, man. Well, this was just going to be like a five-minute catch-up podcast. It turned into a 35-minute rant. Um, But it was an important message, I feel like, to get out. And I'm really grateful that you're here to listen. You know, there's nothing quite like staring death in the eyes and still choosing to fly and to love and to do the work. What do you want your world to be? I'm Heath Armstrong. Share this with somebody you feel like might need a message, please. If you felt like it resonated with you and you hung on this long, I'd appreciate it if you could help me and leave a review on iTunes to get this out to more people. We're doing the work. Check out the Sweet Ass Domination deck on Amazon or on RageCreate.com. There's lots of really powerful messages that I think you will love. We just got done writing a new deck and we sent it into design and we're designing it right now and I'm really, really excited for that. Um, Check out the RageCreate blog this week because we released a template called the Priority Action Matrix and you can actually print these out at home and it's a system for teaching yourself how to manage your focus because really optimizing your life has nothing to do with managing time. It's all about managing focus and this grid will help you do it. It's based off the old Eisenhower matrix. You might have seen something similar to it before. We made a badass template with skid the Unisquid and all the resistance gremlins on it. So go check that out at ragecreate.com. Uh, share the love baby. 
and Mega Matiosh. There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of smells that will assemble with our minds and sell to earth. 